I am so delighted that you joined Unbox today, a video podcast created for Favorite by the Father Ministries. Our featured guests will share how they stepped out of comfort zones to become unboxed. We share experiences that lead to the fulfillment of purpose. And I pray that each episode will help our audience access their destiny. Today, our very special guest is none other than Wade Franson. He is in the state of Wisconsin as we speak. I'm in Virginia. He's all the way over there in the snow in Wisconsin. And I'm very excited to have him on the show today. Wade negotiates large technology contracts and he operates a publishing company. He was formerly a pastor and is now a businessman who is dedicated. He has dedicated his life to God. That's why this episode is entitled Ministering Businessman. Hello, my friend. Thanks for being here. Hi, Barbara. It is absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. Hello there, Barbara. It is absolutely Hi. a pleasure, and thank you for the invitation. I appreciate you being here. I'm uh, still new to this, and I'm clicking buttons, and I hope, wait that you can see that both of us are now on screen. Is that yep. correct? I'm seeing us both. All righty, then. <laughs> Tell uh, our listening and viewing audience how you and I know each other. Well, I have a podcast, a live stream show, like similar to the one you're doing here. And we were talking about gardening because of other programs that we're doing as part of something else. I do the Royal Falcon Foundation and the Hillcrest Orchard Camp, which is target targeting 11 to 15 year olds, but also for the whole family. And this idea of gardening and planting the Garden of Eden, all of this was very much on my mind when I saw that you had a book out there called Blooming for Christ. And um, that piqued my interest. I looked into it, sent you an invitation, and uh, you agreed to come on my show. And as you know, that started uh, still relatively short, but definitely fruitful relationship. Fruitful, absolutely. And I do know that uh, what God has put us together that it's not a mistake and it's just a wonderful thing. Some of you who know some of my escapades throughout 2023, Wade Franson is the gentleman that invited me out to Arizona. And so when you check the Facebook page again and see those clips and things of our trip to Arizona and the leadership camp with the youth, this is the gentleman who had everything to do with that invitation. And I thank you so much again for that privilege. Let's jump on into some, some other questions that I like to ask all of my guests. As you reflect, Wade, on your childhood, what can you tell us about um, your passion in life then as it compares to now? Well, that's a, that's a great question. And I could now go on for the rest of the show and I won't, I'll try to be very succinct. I've actually written a trilogy that explores from a personal perspective, the whole long and winding road. But I would say it comes down to this. I'm a middle child between two girls. 
And my parents had, uh, you know, probably one of the most historically in crazy divorces in that there was a kidnapping involved, domestic kidnapping, smuggled out of the country. The case, the custody battle eventually went to the Supreme Court of Sweden. But it's that middle child syndrome and then being sort of forced to choose between the two parents and get involved in some way in the battle of who was right and who was wrong. Um, when I was 9, 10, 11, this dominated my life and my teenage years. So my passion is really about that simple question. Why can't we just all get along? Why can't we all just figure it out? Why can't we work together? Why can't we find a way to settle our differences? Why does it have to be so hard? And that really led to the passion, which is God is the answer. His teachings are the answer. The Bible is just chock full of stories of family strife, of murder, and things that probably can't even be said here in a, perhaps a show where I don't know who's going to be watching it, but the Bible doesn't pull any punches about how sin causes the disruption of human relations. And there are just so many examples of how to sort of work through that and figure it out. And in the teachings of the Bible, it's my passion to, to find practical application in the modern world so that people can relate to those stories, those messages and those teachings and figure out how we should, how we can and should get along together. Definitely. I hear you saying, and from my experience in being with you, that you do have a passion for people uh, coming together, regardless of how diverse they are coming together and working together as one created in the very image of God. So um, it's part of why I like being in partnership in ministry with you. How would you describe yourself now? Give you a 30 second. Well, <clears throat> I would say I, I am still overcoming that conflicted oh, got a little bit of lag there um i i would say i'm still struggling to overcome that conflicted part of myself to to be centered and balanced within myself and in all my relationships so again i do look to god um but i'm also balancing all these different roles and hats you mentioned the technology negotiations which is how i you know provide for my family and provide funds for some of the other activities. Um, I, I'm ambitious. I'd like to do well um, and, and achieve goals such as the publishing company. So balancing all these things, I'm I'm a little bit of a conflicted juggler that again looks looks to my spiritual side to help keep me centered and keep me on the right track. I believe that you are on the right track because with every conversation that we have ever had. You always speak about God. You always speak about specific scriptures that you quote exactly from the Bible. And I really believe that your identity is rooted and grounded in not only the upheaval, but also in uh, your belief in who God is in your life. And I so admire you for that. Uh, God, God and his son. You know, I view them as literal saviors, not just in a spiritual sense. Obviously, that's the most important. But they they gave me the path to walk on and saved me from the mistakes that my family made and other people around me. You know, addiction, 
um, just life choices and creating and participating in circumstances that are just so bad for everybody. And yes. sort of keeping on that straight and narrow is really important to me. So as you keep things on your straight and narrow, notice I said your straight and narrow, I'm going to segue into what you think is your perfect day. How would you describe with your businessman, with your faith, being a man of God, with your being a husband, a, a father, and all these multiplicity of things that I know that you are, how would you describe your perfect day? Well, today was definitely not it. I'm... I'm looking a little warm and, and sort of casual in this sweater because I was out plowing the driveway for two hours. So we've got about a foot of snow descending on us. But now for my son and daughter, it's their perfect day because it's a snow day home from school, right? And my wife, she had to still go to work and she was calling up her patients. She's a doctor of physical therapy and you know some were gonna come, some canceled and juggling stuff. But um, a perfect day is one where I remember to pray in the morning, pray at noon, pray at night, and um, am, am aware and conscious of, of God's presence guiding me because that's when I'm making the least bad decisions. That's when I'm raising my voice the least with my kids when they bother me. That's when I'm being the kindest and gentlest to my wife. And But that's aspirational. You know, those, unfortunately, those perfect days are, you know, not always happening, but we try. We understand what who we are and what it would look like. And that's why we depend on God to dump out all the puzzle pieces and help us to put them together the way that he wants them. And so in that regard, when God dumps out all the puzzle pieces, tell us, have you ever felt boxed in? And we're going to hear how you know <laughs> that God puts them all back together. Tell us about a time, a crucial time when you stepped out of your box so so I be, perhaps because of those early childhood experiences, I learned to be a survivor early on. When I was a, a senior in high school, I literally lived in a tent in Alaska for 10 months and it got down to 20 below. I wasn't boxed in, I was tented in. I was called tent boy uh, at you know at high school in my senior year. And the minute that diploma hit my hand, I was out of there. I drove into town, um, found a roommate, rented an apartment, got a second job, and um, it was just done and gone with the situation that had led to me being in that tent. Um, but but what that mean what that means is i've I've been an individualist, right? I've been not afraid. I'm not afraid. And I've had experiences where I've had to trust in God. and um, so so courage is not one of my weaknesses. I'm, I'm courageous, I'm strong but sometimes I'm a little bit too bullheaded, right? Sometimes I'm a little bit heedless. Um, having said that, the one example I would give is uh, what, after I went to get um, an undergrad degree in theology, a liberal arts degree, and I was um, later ordained into the ministry, and I was doing a lot of work in uh, Europe and even behind the Iron Curtain, um, some really exciting things but I felt boxed in by the theology of my church. And more importantly, there was a theological debate going on in our denomination about the nature of God. And I won't get into the specifics because I don't like doctrinal disputes and I don't want to talk about them. 
but there was this doctrinal dispute within our denomination. And suddenly I found myself as that little nine-year-old where the parents were divorcing and one of the parents was kidnapping me and the other one was in a custody bag. Both sides wanted me because I spoke several languages. I'd done a lot of great things for the for the church and the churches I was involved in in Europe. I was well-liked for whatever reason. And um, I didn't want to pick. I didn't want to choose. So at that point in time, I resigned and I did not go with either side. And I separated my faith from my paycheck at that moment. And it was very difficult, uh, but it was the right decision. And that's when I became unboxed. And it took a decade mm. for me to get the answers that I really needed. Um, but I was then, I was still speaking in a variety of congregations. They, they, they invited me, they wanted me, even though I was now sort of unaffiliated. Um, but, but my messages were sometimes politi politicized by the hearers and you know, used for their purposes. And in the end, um, I, I, I believe God led me to you know, where I needed to be by trusting in him and not in, the, in you know, the trappings of the ordination and the accolades of people when I would speak to thousands of people, you know, that kind of thing. But it was, it was kind of difficult to let go of and it took a while for me to let go of it psychologically, even though I made this decision uh, to, to, to resign and separate my faith from my paycheck at that time. That is so powerful that I'm sure it will resonate with the listeners who are participating with this podcast to separate your paycheck and your faith and make that critical decision to step outside of the box of what's common or what most people do and do what you knew was the best thing to do for you. I see and hear that passion coming out that was birthed in you because of the trauma that you endured through your childhood. So why let well, anything get you back now? Let, let me just add one little comment. And that is, you'll, you'll, you know, that Paul was a tent maker and he said, it's, you know, it's, you don't muzzle the ox that treads out the grain. He said he had a right. He had a right to subsist from the donations that would come to the church. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing anyone else. Um, but Paul also chose to be a tent maker on his own so that he had some limited degree of independence yes. or perhaps, right? He, he, he maintained some of his independence, even while he said, I have an absolute right, uh, you know, to eat, the, eat the, from the grain that I'm treading out as an ox in this analogy. Thank you so much for making that point. He had a right to do it, but he made a choice to, to live his life differently. I want to ask you at this point, when you look at your past and your, your current situation, what do you see? And I think I know the answer to this, but for the audience, what do you see as uh, on the horizon for you? What does the future hold in the next year or two? Well, I've been you know diligently trying to keep um, those who are providing me with my primary source of income happy. Um, but as a result of, I think, blessings, mercy, generosity, from God and the wisdom that I was given along the way through his teachings to make right choices. I'm getting to the point where I, where I can think about retiring from that and dedicating myself again, full-time in service to others. So we've launched something called the Royal Falcon foundation, um, as a nonprofit, uh, 501 C three, we're 
on pins and needles because any day now after nine long months, we should get the determination letter from the IRS. I've gone through several stages with them of getting all this set up and with the attorneys, um, but everything seems to be in order so that in 2024, we can expand these camps that we've been doing. And I know out your way, there are some folks that would like us to come and help infuse some of your activities with some of the curriculum pieces and the approaches. We've got a couple of books that we've published through the publishing company that I founded. Um, and then down in Florida, out in California, perhaps in Atlanta, we have interested people who would like us to come and um, help get this camp program started, which has an educational component, um, the spiritual principles, it has physical activities, it has a gardening program mm -hmm. and agriculture as a focus. And we're working with the Desert Rose Baha'i Institute where we were out in Arizona because they have an agricultural program, soil scientists, uh, the Desert Rose Baha'i Institute focuses on those Bible verses that say, you know, and the desert shall blossom like a rose. And so all the spiritual meaning of what it means to have your have your root roots going down into the rich earth while your branches are reaching up to the light and all the growth that, and all the analogies in nature <clears throat> going way back to the garden of eden as you know the um first commandment that god gave to humankind before even it even existed was dress and keep the garden yes yes let's let's um still out out of the box we're not going to go back in the box so as you consider all this that you have become then what advice would you give to um someone choosing to choosing their career path like yours uh what would what do you wish you had known 10 i should say 30 years ago what kind of well, advice would you give i think you know we we do have we do have some addiction that runs in the family. There's sort of that dark side and those those pits that we can fall into. But one of the addictions that we tend to have in our family is workaholism, right? And um, that's maybe the one addiction that, you know, you can you can somehow balance and keep, right? What I what I know now is I view work as worship, right? If you can align your work and your worship so that you're not even thinking of work as work, um, then that's a, that's a great thing. So I would advise um, young people to think about their career in terms of um, passion and being able to give back to humanity, while also being aware that there are, you know, careers that pay better and, and pay not so well. The, the field of technology negotiations is one that's been good to me for the last 14 years. Uh, financially, but there's also this satisfaction that I get about bringing people together, solving the problems, helping the various stakeholders make the compromises that they need to, to make the best out of the deal and the arrangement. And I, I say, you know, what I try to do is remove the friction in the relationship so that the flow of value can be seamless. And um, each side, you know, crafting an understanding of what their responsibility is, like a covenant, right? And so, all of those things mixed together. And then, of course, your covenant, your covenant with God, your covenant with us is spiritual. And to, to unbox it, however you view God, the higher power that ultimately is going to look at your entire life and, and say whether it was good or bad and um, progress you on into the future. 
along the path that you that you need to go. So um, that was kind of a rambling answer, but it, but it really is a big question. And uh, hopefully that's helpful to some. I don't know. It's a rambling in your estimation, but I clearly and distinctly heard from the ministering businessman. You're there bringing them together so that there's a win, win, win. Each entity plus you and everybody walks out satisfied. You can do that in the Lord because of your faith helping you through that. So yeah, we got the right title. Well, <laughs> and and so you know, Jesus said, I, "I I come that they might have life and life more abundantly." Right, abundant life. So both materially and spiritually. When I separated my faith from my paycheck, the other piece of that is, to be honest and blunt, I wanted more, not less, money, but I didn't want to take it from the widows who were giving their donations to the church. So I knew that I had the God-given talents and ability and with his backing and support to go out there in the business world and, and make the kind of income to where I could provide abundantly for, for those in my life. And, and I made that choice. And, you know, it's a cup what God says, I will, I will pour out a blessing that you won't have room to receive it. So, these things are not in conflict. It is no, not, not. It is not evil to do well financially. It should naturally be the result of hard work and good choices. But there are so many things in society that aren't functioning well. So many areas where spiritual solutions are needed to help people have more ethical and balanced and just relationships with each other. So there's ample opportunity for any young person to find a niche, to find a place where they can bring their talents to bear with from a spiritual, a Christian yes. or a Baha'i. I should be full disclosure. I today am a Baha'i. I identify as a Baha'i. Whatever your spiritual um, perspective is, Muslim, Jew, you know, Buddhist, that you can bring the spiritual um, enlightenment that you have received into the improvement of the situation. Uh, there's plenty of opportunity on this planet to, to improve things. As we improve things on this planet now, blooming where we are planted, then fast forward through the generations. I know you have children that are beautiful children and you're going to have grandchildren and great grandchildren. Fast forward to those great grandchildren. What wisdom would you like to pass on to them? Well, you know, when the you great have, friends. yeah, well, I think, you know, God called Abraham his friend and said, I know he will teach his children, right? My laws and my statutes. He said that to Abraham. Um, and I think the hardest thing for, for, for many of us, I mean, they're, now I'm, now I'm coming from a place where, I, where I, I started out in life in very, very difficult circumstances. But over the course of many decades, I've done well for myself. And what I, what I struggle with is giving my children those things that I want them to have, the opportunities that I want them to have, and not have them be spoiled in that old you know, baby boomer term, right? Spoiled children. What does that mean? Well, where they don't appreciate or have gratitude 
for the things that they have because they can't. They can't appreciate it because they don't know what goes into it. They don't know how hard it is for somebody to have worked to give them that, that gift. Or they don't appreciate how hard that waiter or waitress is having in their life as they're working to serve them, you know, at a, at a Denny's or a fast food restaurant where they're earning, you know, close to minimum wage. Um, we have a pool in our backyard. So there's this saying that we have in our family, accustom your children to hardship. But how do you accustom your children to hardship so that they don't uh, drown in their privilege? How do you mm. accustom them to hardship while not coming across like some evil person who's trying to punish them? Or how do you do so in a loving way? I struggle with that. And, and, I, and I hope mm. that if, I, if we can get this right, we can have children who will pass on the right values and the right balance approach so that as a family we and a legacy, we can continue to enhance our physical circumstances, enabling us to do greater service without losing that essential knowledge of, hey, don't take this for granted. It's a blessing if you have it, you know, neither, neither. You know, many proverbs say, don't give me riches and don't give me poverty. And then it explains, you know, the challenges of each one. So finding that balance is is what I'm trying to do with my kids. And hopefully that will be passed on through the generations so that they'll continue to have great things to be able to produce good results while also retaining their focus on others and service. Balance is a great word that all of us need to continue to work on. Our time is is really moving so fast right now. I can't imagine. Um, mm, we're going to have to come to a conclusion here. But just tell us anything else that you would like for us to know. Anything about your work or anything else that you want to share um, well, to for those who, or what have you? For those who would like to um, you know a little bit more about my story, I have written, as I mentioned, an autobiographical approach to these challenges the experience with the tent, the experience, my negotiations with government agencies behind the Iron Curtain in Poland, Czechoslovakia and Russia, um, some of the other challenges that I've had in my life. Um, and quite, I believe many have said an inspiring journey that people can relate to, even though my circumstances are un unique, unusual and even fantastic. People find a lot to relate to in their own situations. So that trilogy starts with a book called The People of the Sign. Mm -hmm. um, and my name and the people of the sign, you can easily find it wherever books are sold. Or if they don't have it on the shelf, you can ask them, they'll order it for you, get it from Amazon. Um, so that's one thing, but I would also mention the Royal Falcon Foundation uh, that's up and running, especially if you're interested in learning more about our camp programs and how to create an integrated um, approach that takes on all comers from, from all walks of life and, and allows the integration of different ages in a leadership camp that is experiential. 10% talk, 90% doing. That's what our camp programs are about. Um, so yeah, that I would just share those things. Those are some of the things I'm involved in and would want people to know about. I certainly do encourage everybody to reach out to Wade Franson uh, with those various uh, opportunities that he has available and so the concluding question this evening, uh, this morning, or whenever it is that people are watching, uh, based on your experience, how do you suggest that our listeners address the challenges that prevent them from stepping out of a box? 
Well, when I <clears throat> when I was a minister, um, what I noticed was people would come to me, and it was part of our denominational culture that you ask the minister. The, the joke was that people would ask the minister what color car they should buy, right? Because some minister probably got up and said, you know, blue cars are the safest because when you drive, it's the, or red cars, it's the most easily seen and there are less accidents. And since it came from the pulpit, right, it was that comment was elevated. Um, or whether it was, you know, white sugar versus raw sugar versus whole wheat bread, all these things are important, right? But um, to, to become unboxed, you've, you've got to go to the source, right? You've got to independently investigate. I, I hope you are surrounded by good mentors, teachers, ministers, preachers, priests, whatever. I hope you're surrounded by good people like that. But you need to go to the source. You need to go to the word of God and, and hear what God has to say to you directly. And then prayer, right, to reach out and express yourself to God. He, mm -hmm. he knows what you're thinking, but but he also knows that we don't process his answers unless we're in conversation with him. So we can be reading the answers and they still won't click until we start talking to God about what it is we're going through, what we're learning. And unless you have that relationship with the source and whether, whether you're, you know, looking to Jesus or to God, or, you know, like I've said, Buddha, you know, the Baha'i prophets, whatever. Um, but you need to get in direct communion and conversation with the divine through studying the word of God and praying to that being. Um, that's when you will have the power to, to live the way God wants you to live and you will be free and you will understand and know the truth and that truth will make you free. Amen. Amen. And, it, and, and, and it will be it will be understood differently by you because you might be coming from the north or the south or the east or the west and somebody else might be coming from a different direction. And when they tell you, you need to turn right, you need to turn right to get there. It's wrong for you because you're coming from the other direction. So nobody else can tell you to turn right or left. You got to figure it out in that direct relationship. And the one to help you navigate all of that will be the divine. Thank you so much, Wade Franson, for unboxing yourself and being so totally transparent that we can hear you, we can see you, we can feel what it is that you have experienced, and we can do better ourselves by connecting with our own authenticity. Thank you so much. I so appreciate uh, your taking the time. And I know that I'm going to have you back on Unboxed again. I don't know when, but I believe that there's so much more in there that our viewers, our listeners will want to hear. Well, and it would so, be an honor. Oh, God bless you. I certainly do want to do that. So I want my listeners to join us again for the next episode of Unboxed with stimulating conversations where we're sharing experiences for about 30 minutes or so. We will post our new episodes on Thursdays at 3 Eastern Standard Time. So as we evolve, we are like the butterfly coming out of the box and allowing the Holy Spirit to advance us to immeasurable heights in the Lord. 
So I conclude by saying, fulfill your purpose and remain favored by the Father. In a world where faith takes root and blossoms, comes a journey of growth like no other. Blooming for Christ, a captivating exploration of spirituality and the remarkable parallels between a plant's journey and our own. Just as a seed must germinate to become a thriving plant, our spiritual timeline begins with a single decision. Through the insightful words of Reverend Barbara Brian, this book takes you on a transformative quest. A journey of growth that echoes the stages of a plant's life. From the tender shoot of a young believer bravely facing the world, to the full bloom of faith experiences shared and cherished. As seeds of faith are sown, new believers are nurtured, and the cycle continues just as God intended. But the journey doesn't end there. As the plant matures, so does the believer becoming God's chosen harvester in gardens of divine purpose. Reverend Brian's guidance rooted in scripture and wisdom gently leads you through the seasons of your spiritual life. Join us on this journey of discovery and renewal, a journey that unveils the beauty of your faith and the transformative power of God's love. Blooming for Christ, embrace your season of growth and let your faith bloom. Available now.